Welcome back to another, actually, mini bonus episode of Awareness to Action Enneagram Podcast. I'm with my superb co-hosts that are, we're, we're, we're all kind of full of emotion today, so this should be an interesting episode. Um, charged. We are. We are charged. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the You memo. missed it. You yeah. missed it. Well, um, trick and I. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Mario's well, just frustrated at the I'm glad technological I came in world in general. Yeah. yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we are going to do a quick recap of the past two episodes that you may or may not have listened to, but you should listen to, um, on this concept of ego and essence. I've I like been to talking think of it as a debrief, for... if, if we could. So let's call it a okay. debrief a, instead a debrief. of a debrief. Because people who listen to it are going to say, like, I sit through it again, right? So, uh, yeah. yes, we're going to debrief. We're going to discuss it. A, but a go recap, ahead. debrief, critique oh, of, okay. of this ego and essence com- conversation. Maria Jose, you listened to it for the first time. Was this your first podcast you've ever listened to? Is that... No, no, no. The third. <laughs> no? Okay. The third. <laughs> the third, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good to have somebody, you know, on the team who just has a passion for the medium, <laughs> you know, who just, who just lives in the I do have breathe. a passion for it, Podcast. but just for yeah. recording them, not yeah. for yeah. listening to them. Gotcha. I, I really, right. really like it, but I like to record them. But not listen to them. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> I, But I when guess I do let's... listen to them, I enjoy it. Just mm. I don't allow myself to do it often you enough. Don't... Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. What What are your initial thoughts? I'm not sure how to how entirely to jump into this. There's a lot. <laughs> well, there, can can, can I say first why why we wanted to do this? Right. So, yeah. um, you know, look, why we, you we had a very link. Why I wanted to do this. Why 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 we as a team felt that this was uh, a, a a useful activity. You know, it was a great conversation with Russ and I and you folks at Fathoms, and we covered a lot of territory. I just wanted to, I I think, clarify a couple of things and summarize to some extent where we stand at Awareness to Action on these terms and why, right? So just to be, you know, so that it didn't get lost in, you you know, the the, the multifaceted conversation we had. So I would have listened to it first, I mean, before, if I was... I had been let in to the room when I wanted to go into the room, but I did. I wasn't, <laughs> so I had to listen to it on Spotify, which is my favorite podcast platform. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I was amazed at how long you made these two episodes last, <laughs> trying to say. The same thing. (laughs) The same thing over and over again. Uh, Uh Looking at it from very, very different angles. I enjoyed it. I think it was entertaining. I think it helped that I like all of you guys. And I I think you're fun. And, um, but to me, I, it left me wondering if like, am I just looking at it from a too simplistic way? Or, and I'm not getting it, or does it really need to be that lengthy? I mean, the explanations Mm. and all the discovery of the words, and does it really need to be that lengthy and that deep? And Mm -hmm. So it left me wondering, and I think that to me at least there were useful insights that I'm taking away. 
of these two episodes in terms of how people relate to them mm-hmm. and in terms of the concepts itself. Care to share some of those? Sure. You're going to say something, Mara? No, but go, but go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll say, say my... Uh, <laughs> so I think that, and you mentioned it, but it was very clear to me, I mean, by listening to it, um, that we all make these concepts whatever we want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I heard especially the essence descriptions be like pretty much anything from spirituality, mm-hmm. awareness, presence, mindfulness. It meant a lot of different things for the different people in the room. And and that's fine. I think that as long as they're useful, it's fine. But it defeats the purpose of kind of having a concept for it because it's not <laughs> clarifying anything. And uh-huh. and that's a problem. Hmm. That's a problem. And with ego, yeah. I think there's a bit more agreement of what it is and what it mm-hmm. is. But with mm-hmm. essence, just really, really, really broad. It can mean anything. When you describe the experiences of people when they were referring to essence was just being connected with what you feel, like being present. And mm-hmm. and maybe that that's good. <laughs> I don't know. It's not bad. Of course it's not bad. But what the hell is essence? Mm-hmm. And I think this is why I wanted to debrief this episode, because when you have conversations, you can have them in poetry or in prose. Okay. And I think that, you know, there's the old saying about politics that you campaign in poetry, right? Where you put out all these big ideas, make people feel good and inspired, but you have to govern in prose, right? Meaning once you actually get into office, you have to make things happen. And that's more specific, more mundane, more direct in order to actually do something in the world. Now, you have to campaign in poetry or else you don't capture people's emotions. And I felt that very, or I feel that very often when people are talking about these things, they're mixing poetry and prose, not seeing the distinction. So when I listen to Russ and I hear him talking about these things, I get where he's going, right? I understand what he's saying and it's poetry, but I can't put it on the ground and make it operational. And so the reason that we have gotten rid of that language is because of that, right? I mean, poetry is nice. Poetry has its place. Certainly, you know, I love poetry. But if I need instruction on how to do something, okay, you got to give me prose. So the, the approach that we take is to say, well, no, don't talk about some term that could be open to interpretation from many different perspectives, but just say what you mean and focus on the thing itself. And essence, the term, in my view, doesn't allow for that to the extent that makes it usable. Okay. So if you go ahead, Maria. Yeah, that I, I just remembered when I first got, went through the trainings of um, 
at the Enneagram Institute and I learned about essence and essential qualities. And I came back home and I started teaching whatever I wanted, I had learned. And I saw myself repeating certain things that made a lot of sense when I went through the training that I didn't really know what I was saying. And, and I stopped teaching it. <laughs> um, I think that after, I don't know, 15 years, I'm at a different place. And I believe that the fact that I didn't understand the meaning of those things didn't mean that they didn't have a meaning. I think that uh, Ross and Mario did a really good job at describing the process when you start kind of understanding these concepts and it's different layers and you go deeper and deeper. And then what you say kind of crystallizes what you know, but it's hard to understand it if you don't go through the whole process of going deeper and deeper. So I think I understand it a lot better now. I'm glad I stopped teaching it because it, I would have made a fool of myself. Um, yeah. And it didn't make sense to me at the time. But today I think that in order for it to be useful, and I want to be clear about not only useful in the business world, not only useful at a really, really practical level. I think even for it to be useful at a deep level, at a spiritual level, you need to define the concepts better. Related to this is that essence in particular is a word of art in philosophy, meaning in philosophy it has a specific meaning. And it refers to something that is essential. You know, we're talking about Neoplatonism again, or Platonism, which, you know, Plato believed that there were these forms that existed in a different realm, these things that were a priori, right? They always existed. They were always perfect. And our experience is just a reflection of an imperfect version of those forms. And the use of philosophy, of essence in a spiritual philosophical perspective is to try and get rid of those things that separate us from that ideal form or experiencing that ideal form that is fully formed and whole within us. That's just a metaphysical position that I simply can't accept. And, and can't. nobody... I cannot, and nobody in serious philosophical circles takes that idea seriously and have not, at least as far back since John Dewey wrote uh, uh, an essay about the philosophical dilemmas you know, that Darwinism presented in, I think, 1915, 1905 or something, whenever he wrote that essay, meaning that because we are an evolved species— there cannot, by definition, be essential qualities to what it means to be human. Because that word has a specific meaning, setting aside the lack of clarity about it, I just, I just can't use it. Okay, because but you know, we've had this conversation for how long, Mark? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For years, years. We've yeah. done, yeah. And I, look, I hear you and I agree with you. And I believe that most people who use the word have no clue about that background of the word. And they use it without fully understanding the implications of it, you know. And, and they feel, uh, and the word 
makes sense to them. And we think we understand what we're saying, but they are not referring to these essential qualities that are out there that we're trying to, they are not. However, I think that it is implied that they are there, fully formed, and if we get rid of the ego, they will show up. And that, I think, right. remains. And, and that's and that problematic. Also, and that's problematic, yes. Because, yes. I mean, as in the podcast you mentioned, it means that you kind of did the work and you have not done the work. You need to nurture right. them. I think, I think that that is the case for some people. There are people that have no idea about Neoplatonism and don't really care about it, right? I'm sure there's plenty of words that we use that the origin of the world word was not the original meaning of the word, right? I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's people in the Enneagram community that like, no, I don't believe in ideal forms, but they still use the word essence to mean something that it's not. What I was trying to articulate in the episode was there's, all, there's, there's way too many ways in which this word is being used, whether you believe in platonic ideals or you th the, the, other, the other problematic way in which it's used is kind of adjacent to that of there is some sort of arrival point, there's some sort of enlightenment point, there's some resolution of all contradictions as I do my inner work where I get to a point that I don't need to do the work anymore. And that's not that people can like say that, no, I don't believe in the ideals out there, but they're still living in some sort of mentality of I work on myself and then I'm done working on myself. And so I think that's why in some ways I'm like, if you really want to use essence, at least use it where you're not leaning on those mentalities of thinking that you're done, thinking that there is a point where you don't have to deal with your type structure, with trauma, with nature, nurture, all those sort of things. And, and so I'm like, I'm less concerned of whether or not someone uses the word essence. I still not going to use it. I'm less concerned about the essence. And I'm like, if nothing else, the good enough work, I think, is like, get rid of this idea that you're ever going to be done, that there is a finish line to this work. Yeah. Use whatever word you want. Still, I'm not going to use essence, but but at least clear up your mentality that your work will be done at some point. Yeah. A concept that I really liked during the episode, I'm not sure if it was part one or part two, is when it was uh, essence was described mainly as human qualities. And I think I, I agree with that. Mm. You know, it's these human qualities that we need to nurture. We all have them, and but are not mature. We need to nurture them. And I think that captures, I think, what we, kind of our operational <laughs> definitions of these things. It's things that are there. Who knows if they're out there in us or whatever. They're human qualities that I, I cannot disagree with. And they're not fully formed. We need to nurture them. That I can work with. All the rest. Yes, except Maria Jose, that usually when people talking are talking about essence, they're talking about something that is mature and I know. ideal in some way, right? Yeah. So, so it's not a an equivalency. 
right? It's not, you know, we, we, now when we talk about the colloquial use of the word essence, okay, you know, the essence of Smurf, for example, right? That I think that's what they were trying to, yeah. So in the Smurf, what? Uh, I, I've got kids, you know, Smurf, there was is a, it, the, the Smurf movie. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the the bad guy was trying to get the essence of Smurf for some reason. Okay, but it can be the essence mm. of a perfume. Where we say, oh, that that you know that that statement is so the essence of Creek, you know, whatever, right? So it's this colloquial way to capture something that is indicative, you know, uh, substantially indicative of a particular person or thing or whatever. Um, well, well, that's all well and good, but it doesn't really tell us anything specific it's not operational in any way and so when we are drawing a distinction between ego and essence then it's either they're two different things or one is good and one is not or mm-hmm. ones so we have to define that but either way it doesn't necessarily transfer that well which again is why we changed and we're going to get into this in future episodes this idea from essential aspects to core qualities, okay? yeah. because you can say that humans have particular qualities that then evolve over time or mature over time. But that's not what, you know, you read Almas's book, uh, Facets of Unity, and it's got an introduction by Echazo in it. And Echazo is taking a very specific Neoplatonic position that these, you know, uh, essential qualities, essential aspects are fully formed and exist a priori. Well, again, now we've got this metaphysical problem as far as I'm concerned. So, And I'm just not entirely sure that the vast majority of the people who know about the Enneagram have any concept or even know that that's a thing. And, and so, so here that's is why essence has become other things. I, I get it. And so what then ends up happening, Creek, is that people are using this term as if they understood it. Okay. And then when somebody says, well, what do you mean by that? They don't have an answer or everybody has a different answer. Okay. So if there's a word that you can't define, or if there's a word that everybody defines differently, then you need to get you need to find better words, I think. Now again, none of this is to criticize Russ's approach to this. I mean, anybody listening to the episode, you know, would say that you know Russ is. You agree too re- much, Mario. I have to say this. That I agree too much <laughs> I just with him. Don't yeah. buy it. Yeah. I think that look, it's good, and I and look, I, yeah. let me rephrase this. I think that you both understand where the other one is coming from. Yes. Legitimately, I mean, honestly. Yes. And there could be more disagreement. I think that there is more disagreement that could be mentioned. I I think so. And I think that, you know, what uh, something that would have been interesting to discuss is this, you know, Neoplatonic idea, right? Are these things fully formed? And I think that in my recollection of the conversation was that Russ said that they weren't, that they were you know, that we needed to mature into them as well. Yeah, he okay, mentioned so the again, human qualities and that need to be nurtured. Right. Exactly right. Okay. So in that area, we are agreeing. Okay. Yeah. Except that when you go to the source literature, that's not the position it's taking necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were a couple of other things that 
it's caught my attention. So it's it's interesting. I, I started thinking that, I mean, realizing that it's like people need a goal for the personal work, personal development. And I think that it feels good to say, if I do enough work, I'll get rid of this and I'll have that. You know, it's just, so it made me wonder if we frame it differently and give them a good enough goal, they would switch to that. You know, it's just, there's no alternative at the moment, but anyway, uh, but it's mainly people who also talk about non-dual thinking and all that, who talk about ego in essence, which is dualistic, you know, it's, uh, which is either that or, or that. And so they have these, all these big words and they contradict each other because it's, we are both ego and essence, whatever that means, but we are the good and the bad. We're, we're, we're just contradictory. And, and if we don't understand that and we try to reject, and I think you both agreed and not trying to reject, you did a really good job in making really clear that we don't need to reject the ego or tame the ego, Mario, that, 10 yeah. points for that. But um, it's... Uh, Just 10. <laughs> well, 10 out of 10. Well, it's 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> don't so, you know the scoring uh, system? I, I don't, we did not discuss this previously. <laughs> I apologize. Well, so you did a good job. And anyway, but so it's the same people who want to get rid of that and think that it's two th- different things the same people who say that it's, you need to be non-dualistic and, and the third force and all of that. So it just, I don't know, just big words well, that feel good. And I don't think they make any sense or are actionable or useful at all. I, I think one of the pullout quotes was me saying that we've got to stop seeing these things as two things warring against each other, that there's only you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely agree with you, Maria Jose. Whenever I hear people start talking about non-dualism, I just immediately shut off because, it, you know, just the fact that you're talking about it means that you really don't understand it and don't believe it, right? You know, and so it's just it's just an absurd concept as far as I'm concerned in any sort of practical, useful, interestingly philosophical way. So um, I, I completely agree there. Look, the truth is... You need to stop making these distinctions. You need to stop getting caught up in all this, this versus that. And just keep asking yourself the question, am I interacting with the world in an adaptive way or a maladaptive way? And if it's maladaptive, what thoughts, emotional patterns, behaviors do I need to change and in what way so that I can start interacting with the world more adaptively, okay? What stories do I need to rewrite in my mind that will allow me to start making those changes? And beyond that, you know, there's not a whole lot you have to worry about, quite frankly. Yeah, but when I listen to you, Mario, it feels like simplistic, you know, that, oh, I can, I can, (laughs) no, 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 but simple, not simplistic. I can see people and I've heard people say, yeah, because that's because you work with a corporate audience and this is just for business people. And I don't think that's the case. 
You know, I I do believe that what you're saying, it's meaningful for everyone in their personal journeys, as well as their work, whatever challenges. And it is, it can be really deep. But if we use these big words, which we don't know what they mean, we're just fooling ourselves. What I, what I think, what I'm hearing that you're not saying is that personal growth, it's not simple. Human beings are not, not complex. How we are put together. And I think that's why this conversation keeps on happening and it took six hours to talk about two words, right? Is because what in my head, the whole conversation was trying to comment on the architecture of what happens when and how inside of a human. What are our what are the what are the possibilities? What are the downfalls? How do we name these things? We're we're commenting on the architecture of being a human. And I, I think that's a conversation that is forever going on sure the the outworking of it can be simple in thought but being able to understand at least for me being unable to understand how how one action can have 15 different angles to it and i can keep spinning this one action and find so many different motivations and goals and traumas and like all these sort of things and and that's what i'm trying to articulate and that's it's like there is no split down the middle this is the good parts this is the bad parts it's like this this is one experience that has a multitude of ways of seeing it and i think that's we'll just keep spinning that diamond and that's so it's it's yeah i, I don't know if that yeah, makes sense it does and 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 I'll, I'll respond to what both of you have said I can understand why people would see what I said as simplistic, but that's only if you think I, I think that it's something that happens once and you're done. The reality is it's something that you need to be doing all the time. And in order to be able to do it all the time, in order to be able to answer these questions, is what I'm doing adaptive or not? Am I, you know, managing my emotions? in an effective way? Am I managing my thoughts in an effective way? Takes lots and lots of work. And it's something that, a lifetime, absolutely. And it never ends. And it's something you continually go deeper into and deeper into and see in more nuanced way, that turning of the diamond that you mentioned there, Creek. It's something that has to just be going on all the time. And you need tools and you need techniques. And each time you go a little bit deeper, you need another set of tools and techniques, and then you uncover new things about yourself, but they all take you back to the same question. And so, yeah, I mean, you can think this is simplistic, but I am, you know, I, I would hope that anybody who has made it to, what is it, episode 50, you know, something of 54 of our podcast does not assume i haven't done a little digging into these things yeah and, and, and let me let me mention something about that uh, i think that it was ross who mentioned something that this ease versus usefulness that the easier it was it was less useful and the and vice versa and i don't agree with that 
Yeah. I think well, I that, pushed back on that as well, I think. Um, yeah, I don't remember that yeah. much. But uh, I don't think they're inversely proportional. I think that it's true when you use simplistic concepts. But when you are able to synthesize concepts in a good way, they become easier to grasp, to understand, and yeah. they're useful at the same time. I think that it's when you are superficial in your description of things, it's less useful. But if you are have a good enough or really good understanding and you're able to make complex things easy to understand, they become even more useful. Look, E equals MC squared is simple. And I've been trying to understand it for 40 years. And each time I think I do, I go back and say, well, wait a minute. But, you know, and, and so, yeah, you're right. Um, there's good things are simple, right? And, you know, an example I use all the time is, is in Buddhism. You know, the idea is you want to be enlightened. It's easy. Sit up straight and breathe. And 20 years of hard work, you'll be enlightened. But that really is the formula. It's a simple formula. It's just really a rich, rich topic of exploration. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that simple is in any way not valuable. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I could. Obviously, I agree with you. I think it's sometimes, of course, we overcomplicate things. But I know for me, it, whenever when I'm doing some sort of inner work on some level it's really helpful for me to be able to go into the weeds and be able to name the different ways, again, this this diamond thing, and have multiple words and phrases and categories to see how they all interlock and, and interchange in order for me to make that simple, adaptive, mature, less filtered action. But I but it but that searching and being like, nope, yep, nope, yep, is not a simple process, I don't think. Maybe the act of it is, but but the struggle of it is not. The formula is simple. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's the, the the process is not. The implications are not. The work is not easy. But I, I would agree that if anything is easy, it's probably not worth that much. But right. that's different between simple and, you know, um, useful. Well, physical health, right? Yeah. Eat well, sleep well, move. There you go. Simple. Yes. Practice, not at all. Right. right. It's really nuanced and you're going to hurt yourself. And you, can, <laughs> and you can keep coming back to, okay, well, what are truly nutritious foods and what are the most mm -hmm. effective exercises? And For me. You know, for me, ex exactly right. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. But the fundamental formula is the, is the same. Mm -hmm. But again, there are these elements to it, right? We can't just say, well, the essence of health, okay, I'm going to tap into my essential healthiness. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. What do I do with that? I'm going to tap into my health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, no, there are these specific elements to what it means to mm -hmm. be healthy. And those are the things you have to focus on. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, it, we, I'll go back to Einstein, right? Things should be, explanations should be as simple as possible, but no simpler. Mm -hmm. okay? And this is the thing we always need to come back to. And this is kind of one of our guiding points. And maybe this is a good way to end this episode. Um, 
this special short bonus episode. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, what we attempt to do is to make things as simple and as clear as they can be without going into that simplistic part, okay? Things should be as simple as they can be, but no simpler. And some things just aren't simple. Some things are complicated. Humans, for example, are really, really complicated. But all of our models, all of our tools should be as simple as possible, but no simpler. I think sometimes the resistance to the simple, it, it's, it's both, it can be scary because that requires you to do the work, to do the trial and error. We're making something really a really complicated formula that just lays it all out. You don't have to think. You don't have to work. It's just like boom, 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 boom. That's how you get to X. Instead of th this, this simple way of explaining inner growth of how can I act more adaptively and more maturely requires you to take responsibility for your actions and... And that growth takes time and a lot of effort. And it allows you to personally craft it to your personal situation. And he's muted. So that's all we have no, no, let me, today. Let me say something. No, no, no. I want to say something as well. Oh, no, 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 no. I do believe that people who use these words, even if I don't agree with their descriptions, are trying to do the work. You know, I think that there is a really honest attempt to grow. Some I, I mean, I would certainly say yeah. that about Russ. Yes, for sure. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah. and I'm not even talking about Russ. I take that for yeah. granted. But yeah. for um, I'm talking about people in general. I think that they're looking for ways to grow, and these big words feel good to them, and it feels like. Um, I'm getting there. I'm doing what it's required. And and big words and big concepts feel deeper as well. So I, I just want to make clear that I don't think that people are consciously trying to avoid the work, but I think that they're trying to do the work, but choosing the wrong path, <laughs> uh, in my view, <laughs> by falling into the trap of the big emotional experience that these big words provide. And I've been there too. And you start getting kind of addicted to feeling these deep things. And that feels like the work, but it's not, it, it, it's not always that way. Mariose, you pointed out, you know, criticisms are perceptions of my approach to things. And um, so when people try to complicate things, and I'm stepping beyond the ego essence thing here, right? But when people try to complicate things and make the Enneagram really complicated or start talking about non-duality or start, you know, whatever it is, very often they're just getting caught up in things that they can talk about and think about and feel, ooh, isn't that deep about, instead of doing the fucking work, right? 
Doing the work means saying, you know what? I need to practice being kinder to people. Forget about all this other stuff. Yeah, okay, I'll come back to that. But the reality is I need to be kinder to people. And what exactly does that look like? What are the behaviors of a kind person? And how can I start practicing those behaviors? And how do I track my progress? And how do I get feedback as to how I'm doing? And then just work on being kinder over and over and over again, or work on managing my temper. What does it mean to manage my temper? What does that look like? Who can I get feedback from? What areas which I can practice this? That is work. Okay. Sitting around and at a, at a workshop and saying, Oh, wow. Isn't that deep or, Oh, wow. Look at all these variables to the Enneagram and this and that. And the other thing that's just bullshit. The real work is getting into the world and say, how do I be a better father? How do I be a better friend? How do I be a better citizen? What does that look like? What do those people do? And then start practicing those things until they become part of my character. And then I check in with myself and see how it's going and see what adjustments I need to make. And I do it again and I do it again and I do it again every day. Okay. That for me is what spirituality is all about. That for me is what doing inner work is about. But sitting around and getting all caught up in complexification of things is just sitting around and masturbating. I was going to say the same word. And I <laughs> and you're angry that I got to it first, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm happy because I didn't have to say it. But oh, wow. Yeah, I agree. I did not I, see that one coming. I All couldn't right. agree more. There's no other way to describe it. All right. On that note. Um... Does that get us an explicit rating? I don't think so. I, I don't think uh, it, it, it's a close. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, here it's a 42-mini-episode, 42-minute <laughs> mini-episode on just a brief debrief. Hey, and don't forget about our certification program coming up starting in October. <laughs> yes. okay? We won't be talking about Essence. It is the foundational We level. will be talking about an alternative approach to there it. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Which, to me, makes so much sense. Yeah. It's deep, and it's practical, and it's human. Yeah. So any no dash on dash demand.com, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you. We'll see you later. So long. Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awarenesstoaction.com. All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awarenesstoaction.com slash podcast.